And here we are. A new week has begun, Mr. Rayo. Welcome to the uh, Joe Rayo and Joe Chaffee Weather Show. 7 o'clock Eastern Time on the 10th of August. And uh, Mr. Rayo, you have uh, the uh, Perseid meteor showers, which if you missed it, folks, I posted it and I also uh, shared it to the YouTube audience among all the other platforms. Uh, Joe did do a, uh, a primer or a primer today. Which word is it? Is it primer or primer? I think it's primer. Primer? I think it's primer. Well, it's I, a... only, and I, I only say that because if you saw the TV uh, movie, if you saw the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, they talk about how the aliens left a book on how to build this uh, sophisticated machine and uh, they kept referring to it as the primer. So okay. I guess that's that's the proper. Either way, it's the setup. And uh, you got into it today. So maybe if you want to take a little time to go ahead and uh, talk about it just a bit. Yeah, well, uh, it, it, we, we could talk about that later. I'm uh, just, you know, thinking right now that we're in the midst of or in the throes of a, another siege of heat and humidity, which, Joe, from uh, all the maps I looked at today, it doesn't seem like uh, this is going to be breaking anytime soon. Somebody on Facebook asked me, he said, when are we going to get a nice shot of cool, dry air? And I said, well, <laughs> it ain't coming. It ain't coming in the immediate future. And it doesn't look like it's coming in the in the far and distant future. We, we could be in this type of pattern of either heat and or humidity, I think, right on through the end of this month and maybe into the start of September. Well, it'll be, there'll be a few interruptions along the way, but they might be the uh, onshore-ish type interruptions that we don't. Um, particularly care for other than the fact that it keeps it cloudy and keeps the temperatures in check and you get some rain out of it and just realized I didn't have my headsets on so hang on one second I moved my computer upstairs for a little while today so I could do some work and nope these are my bad headsets talk to me you want to get your good nope. headsets <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and talk for a little bit? I have to run back up and get my headsets. Okay. okay. All right. I'll be right back. All right. So here we are, folks, talking about the, the uh, uh, weather overall. And as I said, it looks like we're going to be remaining in a rather humid and sticky weather pattern through much of this week, if not right on through the week. Um, if, if in terms of heat, We'll probably be seeing that again tomorrow and in uh, temperatures, heat index uh, values probably at or above 100. Um, we may see a bit of a tempering of that heat on Wednesday, thanks to showers and scattered thunderstorms, and especially true for Thursday and Friday. We have this cold front, which really is moving at a snail's pace in our direction. It looks like it'll get... And I shall put that cold front on the, ca on the, on the screen for you. Okay. It looks like uh, that thing, that cold front is going to be uh, arriving here sometime on Wednesday, but it ain't going to be moving all that quickly. So it's still going to be uh, adversely. And when I say adversely, I mean in terms of producing showers and scattered storms affecting our area Wednesday, Thursday, and perhaps even Friday as well. And uh, as you said, Joe, the, the only break in the heat will come when we can turn the winds out of an easterly or southeasterly direction off of the ocean. And uh, then the temperatures drop cooler, if you can call it cooler, uh, middle 80 degree range. But still, with the humidity factored in, it's going to feel every bit like in the, it's going to be in the high 80s and 90s. Uh, very, very oppressive weather pattern. And again, no real signs of any 
real break. I mean, uh, if you're waiting for Canada to open the door and let in some nice, fresh, clean air into our area, cooler, drier air, uh, I see absolutely nothing in the immediate future, even the distant future, in that happening here. So uh, we're just going to have to grin and bear it. And that cold front, by the way, uh, did a number today uh, in the uh, Midwest. And you can see the front on the 21Z uh, surface map there running uh, through northern Michigan, southern Wisconsin, and cutting across uh, eastern Iowa. Uh, a derecho uh, it has been uh, moving along and moved across the state of Iowa. And we're going to take a look at that on the radar tonight. And we'll also bring up uh, Tornado HQ and the uh, lightning map in a moment. Uh, but uh, you can see it here, just as it crossed Chicago uh, a little while ago. That line has been there all day when it was back in Iowa earlier this afternoon. And there was all sorts of tornado warnings and damage. Uh, I think I saw that there were at least 80,000 people without power in uh, in Chicago this evening. And now it's moving east across Lake Michigan and getting ready to move into uh, Western Michigan. Let's let's uh, bring up a radar here. I think this probably the one in Northern Indiana might be. Uh, in fact, they call it the Northern Indiana radar. Uh, just hang on. We'll get this flash thing turned on, and you'll see the uh, current radar. And there it is. I mean, that thing is flying, uh, flying east. Now it looks like it's weakened a bit, and it is forecast to weaken going forward. But uh, you see a couple of tornado warnings there that popped up. Uh, it's all pretty much out. Should be pretty much out of Chicago. Let's let's go back. I'll go back west one uh, one radar one uh, radar station to uh, Chicago, Illinois. Look at that 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 little hook there. You see it, Joe? That, that's a that must have that, that's a nice little short a, a, a nice little short wave that's moving moving along there that's producing all this and. It's not going to ride its way completely to the east. It is going to move up into into eastern Michigan and gradually fall apart later this evening. Right. Again, you know, you see something like this and you say, okay, here's a nice strong cold front. It's heading in our direction. We'll probably get into it tomorrow, perhaps, and uh, then the, the heat and humidity will be pushed on out. But that's not the way it's going to happen. Uh, in essence, if you take a look at the upper air pattern, uh, all of the nice dry cool air is going to shear off well to our north again. The front runs out of gas as it approaches our area, and uh, we remain basically in the same type of uh, tepid, if I may use that term, oppressive, humid, tropical weather pattern that we have been in for so many days. We've seen for so many days this summer. Boy, uh, they got a problem here on the Tornado HQ map because the you can see the warnings from earlier, but uh, the radar echoes aren't on here oh that's interesting so well, something's out but look at all of these joe this is from uh starting from to the ones for, for today uh in uh let's see i just wanted to go back and make sure that the ones i could see from today so this was uh at 1 15 p.m in grant wisconsin uh green rock wisconsin uh, then we go up to uh, Boone and Winnebago, Illinois. Another uh, another uh, tornado warning for Boone. Then uh, another one after that for DeKalb, Kane, Kendall, and LaSalle co counties, DuPage and Will counties, Racine and 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 Walworth, 
Cook and DuPage, and that's Chicago. Uh, this was back at uh, 3.42 p.m. Uh, they had a tornado warning up uh, Lake and McHenry counties in Illinois. Uh, some other tornado warnings that were up in parts of Wisconsin. They've all expired, uh, This uh, these, these tornado warnings. The last one was from 27 minutes ago. So they were all said and done. But a few other severe thunderstorm warnings popping up now on the Indiana side. So this was a, uh, you know, this was definitely very impressive. I really didn't pay too much attention to it this morning when it was moving along uh, through Iowa. Then got uh, Robert Brown message being called my attention to it, and it's really held together. But yeah, the cold front that's uh, that's doing all this is uh, not going to be. It's going to do what a lot of cold fronts have done. This summer, and particularly in the last few weeks, where they when they get to the coast, they uh, they kind of just slow down and 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 stall out, and then we wait for them to, to fall apart. And you see the uh, these are the lightning uh, the lightning strikes going on at the moment. Uh, quite a few of them, in fact, uh, still, even though that uh, derecho uh, seems to have uh, passed its peak. Uh, we also I just noticed uh, we've got a little bit of lightning activity going on with some scattered cells uh, well north of you, uh, up the Hudson Valley, northwest Connecticut, and scattered out around through parts of New England. And we're seeing uh, some uh, lightning strikes down through the southeast and over uh, southern Georgia, northern Florida, a fair amount of lightning strikes up and down the coast, as you see. So it's a little bit on the busy side. Let's go back to the radar, and I'll bring up the national radar again. And there we go. Let's just give it a quick refresh. And for those of you who think that, you know, this this heat wave or this wave of heat and humidity is, uh, you know, something really special or unique or spectacular, it doesn't even hold a candle. Uh, on this day in 1944, Joe, and this is from uh, Rob Bradlewitz's, uh, uh website, uh, which comes up with all sorts of interesting little uh, tidbits. This one, with a high of 97 degrees today in 1944 at Central Park, this was the first day of an eight-day super heat wave with high temperatures each day for eight straight days, 95 or better. Mm -hmm. high, high temperatures during this streak were 97, 102, 97, 96, 95, 95, 96, 95, and that was the longest such heat wave uh, on record, you know, we've never seen anything like that since, right. thank God. But uh, if if you think it's been hot, you know, recently, it doesn't even come close to what those folks in 1944 were going through. And I wonder how many people in 1944 had access uh, to air conditioning. That was back in the time when not many. But that that was back in the time when movie theaters used to have these big signs outside of the. Uh, main entrance saying, come on in, it's cool inside. Yes, exactly. And people would watch a double or triple feature just to stay cool for a number of hours as opposed to being subjected to extreme heat like that. Well, yeah, it was a different world. And we, and we, you know, certainly we had, we've had some hot days, but we've, it's been a, it's been a while since we've had a, 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 a stretch of 90 plus Going uh, seven, eight, nine days in a row—that's been a long, a long while, at least for up for up here, uh, where right. we are. Uh, there's it's an unending humidity. We haven't yeah. really—I mean, we haven't. It's—it's it's not been overly spectacular in terms of heat. But Joe, I got to tell you, going back to uh, maybe the beginning of July, 
I think that's when my, I, we, you know, the, the air conditioner here has been like almost nonstop except for when we didn't have power last week. But I think it's been more a, a, a problem in terms of humidity mm-hmm. as opposed to heat this, yeah. this summer. The uh, storms that are in the southeast, uh, it looks like a line uh, had formed and also looks like they may have just passed their peak now as they move southeast across central Georgia and into South Carolina and even uh, kind of wiggling their way into eastern North Carolina and also some storms there in uh, eastern Tennessee. Uh, out to the west, uh, we've got some uh, action behind where the derecho is. You can see the southern tail of that line in southern Illinois, in central Illinois and uh, western Indiana. And, of course, uh, it breaks up, but you've got some, some clusters of showers and storms across uh, southern Kansas, northern Texas, a few scattered showers uh, in uh, parts of uh, eastern Colorado and eastern New Mexico, and just some scattered activity going on in uh, <clears throat> parts of Nevada and, or Nevada, and Northern California. So uh, our, our next, uh, we, we could, uh, I know some, a lot of areas in Eastern, Eastern Pennsylvania, Western most New Jersey, down into Maryland, Northeastern Virginia, they've had a ton of rain because of the two tropical storms that we had, we had Faye and uh, Isaias last week. But if you were East of those tracks across the, uh, uh, Eastern New Jersey, New England, Southern New England, Long Island, uh, New York City. Uh, you kind of got on the edge of that rain. You really didn't get into that because uh, of the fact that when these tropical systems move north, the rain shield shifts to the west side. This is going to be a non-tropical uh, situation uh, later this week, depending on how it plays. And the uh, Weather Prediction uh, Center folks uh, have uh, uh, what looks up about an inch and three quarters to two inches touching uh, New York City, Western New Jersey, and an inch to two inches just to the east, and some heavier rains in Virginia, Maryland, the Delmarva Peninsula, uh, down into parts of uh, North and South Carolina. Uh, so uh, if we can, the benefit to getting the, these uh, stalled fronts is, yeah, the rain actually for some areas would be a good thing, for others not so much. So for those folks in southern Pennsylvania, southeastern Pennsylvania, western New Jersey, I don't think you're going to want to, you really don't want to see any more rain out of this. Uh, because the ground is still pretty saturated, uh, but uh, the the, uh, the benefit would be, as we said, that it would keep the temperatures down and and keep things uh, on the on the cloudier side. The west is pretty quiet. You can see there's nothing really too unusual with what's going on in the eastern part of the uh, U.S. because this isn't um, particularly tropical. It's not really tropically driven. Yeah, and um, it's what I mean uh... by that tropical storm driven. Well, you know, when we get to it, I'm sure in a very short uh, short time, we'll be investigating already the uh, storm, the National Hurricane Center is already talking about a 60% probability of uh, of our next tropical menace. Uh, that would be Josephine, which would be forming somewhere out in the North Atlantic Ocean. Correct. Um, in fact, uh, we'll do that after I get, we'll go through the GFS. I just want to bring up too, let's just bring up the Storm Prediction Center. Uh, they actually had a moderate risk uh, of severe weather in, w- with that uh, derecho zone. And you see the working severe thunderstorm watches that are still up in Michigan and Indiana down uh, into uh, southern Illinois. Uh, for tomorrow, uh, we're looking at uh, s- small areas of marginal risk, north Texas, northward into uh, South Dakota and western Nebraska, and also an east-west band from eastern Oklahoma and Arkansas into southern Tennessee and northern Mississippi. And uh, on day three, 
which is uh, Wednesday into Thursday, small area of marginal risk up through the Dakotas and into Nebraska. So this was the big day of severe weather maybe for this week, and uh, things will uh, calm down somewhat after today. So I've got the GFS up here on the screen, the new GFS. And uh, the, uh, the the pattern, Joe, has been pretty persistent through much of the summer with this very narrow or let's call it flattish east-west high that has uh, upper high from the Atlantic across the southern part of the United States. So let me just run it back. We'll bring it back to uh, today. And there you can see from this morning, you know, you've got that pretty much almost ruler-like flow from the northern Pacific across southern Canada. You get these uh, upper lows and uh, so short waves associated with it that try to force that down into the ridge uh, position, which is, uh, you know, I, I always describe been describing this as kind of a flattish ridge because it's it's flat. It's laying down across the southern half of the U.S. and the Atlantic and is strong in an east-west mode and not in a north-south mode. And that is also the case in the Pacific. So uh, really, until you can get that northern jet, you know, when that northern jet buckles, that's when we have the some issues. And also, as you said, Joe, uh, not having it come down and make a full latitude trough like we saw with uh, Isaias last week, although it'd be better if we just had the trough on the East Coast so we would get nice and cool and dry. Uh, that uh, flattish ridge holds through the weekend and into next week. There's a little upper low that drops down in eastern Canada, but that's that's going to be that stalling front that we're going to get along the East Coast late this week. And there's a little kink there. It's hard to see uh, with the uh, the yeah, summertime pattern. Right in here. Very, little yeah, kink. very subtle, these, uh, these little kinks or these little... Um, Little um, ripples, yeah, kink ripples, yeah, little ripples. And going into uh, next week, now there is a deeper trough here. Look at that, that's interesting. That's a little bit of a new, a little bit more of an amplified look than what now. This is where, interestingly enough, the two tropical systems that we had uh, both had alleyways set up to move up the east coast. Uh, and this upper trough, now, here's the thing. We, we're probably not going to have a tropical system to worry about uh, when we come uh, to the, if this if this verifies, and this would be uh, a, a week from now and, and going into next Tuesday and Wednesday. Now, this might be something that would bring some relief, except here we were in the south-southwest flow up the East Coast. So this is where you don't want a tropical system to be hanging around uh, in the Bahamas, or, or across the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and traveling around the upper high that's sitting out here in the ocean, because you know what? It would just shoot up the East Coast. Uh, the the uh, rhyming of this pattern that, that we've had this summer is just going to continue. And that's an, actually a fairly amplified look here. That was pretty interesting to see that. Now, if this is true, Joe, we get around the 20, you know, Later next week, if that, that swings into the Northeast, that might bring us a bit of a break if it turns out to be correct. Yeah, but you know, Joe, we're talking now about something beyond five or six days. And as we have seen in recent days and weeks, whatever the uh, models promise us, you know, beyond five or six days doesn't usually all pan out. Something. Yeah, the European is not nearly as amplified with it. The European tries to do it. 
Uh, and then it, 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 the northern part moves into southeastern Canada. The southern part drops down into the Gulf states. And you've got another one of these ripples here. Uh, but, you know, maybe with a little luck, we could uh, press out a day or two. We'll see. It's, it's long enough in the long range that we, uh, we don't have to uh, go too crazy over it. And we're just going to bring up the surface map here for the GFS on the latest run. We'll take a look at what it's doing. Oh, Mondays, Mondays, Mondays. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like I said, it's, it's, well, before we came on the air, folks, I just said it's, it's, it's like a never ending, you know, a never ending pattern. It's a, it may be a Monday. Every day has been a Monday. Every day has been a Friday. Every day has been the same. Right. Uh, so, yeah, here, here, your front's going to approach on Wednesday and just kind of lay there along, along the coastline. And then you right. get that ripple to come through. So, Thursday into Friday, uh, the uh, models are actually generating a fair amount of rain out of this, if this is correct. You've got this high that's uh, building in southeastern Canada to give us a little bit of an onshore flow. So maybe by the time we maybe – maybe Thursday and Friday, uh, we'll get one of those days. As I said, we'll get clouds and temperatures in the 70s. You see it's like an east-west band. Uh, then uh, <clears throat> the low – the high actually suppresses it further south. And then you still have some more rain around going into the weekend. So there's some question marks, certainly for the end of this week and into uh, the weekend. And with that deep trough that we just saw the uh, GFS uh, put out, and, well, as you said, it's in the long range, so we don't know. But with that south-southwest blow, if it's correct, it's going to mean another stalling front and maybe more rain uh, for the early part of next week. Uh, with a low running up the uh, running up the uh, just inland of the coast, a non-tropical low running up the coast. I'd right. be curious. I want to see. I want to see what kind of thicknesses it has behind it. Now this is if that trough is correct, Joe. It's got a five. What is that? I can't see. Seventy six, seventy, sixty four. 64 thickness in eastern Pennsylvania. That's promising. 58 thickness in, in central and western Pennsylvania. And 52 thickness in the lower lakes. Oh, look at that, Joe. It gets that five, uh, the 564 thickness gets here. Almost the five, yeah, the 564. That would, that would at least try to bring some dry air in here. We've been down this road before, but it, it will at least try if that trough were to verify. But you're you know, not, you're, you're, uh, you're skeptical. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm Mr. Negativity. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do seem to, you, you do seem to be that way today. Uh, um, there's, there's your, uh, by the way, look at all those dew points, the dew point relief that the model brings up to the Great Lakes and uh, Western PA, Western New York with dew points in the low fifties and, and, and even low forties for dew points. We could, we should only wish that it could get in here like that. And it actually does bring in some of that, that those lower dew points. But this has happened a few times this summer where the GFS has tried to show uh, some uh, something like this, and uh, it hasn't panned out. You know, it's kind of like, you know, crying wolf. What, what else can I tell you? It's, it gets to the point where you just keep saying to yourself, really? Really? You promised us this, you know, when? Back a, a few, few days ago or a week or two ago? And, you know... Let's just play it by ear. Yes, let's let's do over. that. Okay, so you mentioned about the tropics, and I've got the tropical satellite up there, and uh, you can see the tropical Atlantic is uh, Africa is uh, pushing out waves uh, off the coast, south of the Cabo Verde Islands, and 
They are moving along, and there's one wave that is south and west of the Cabo Verde Islands. Uh, there's uh, some showers and thunderstorms. It's it actually it, it, there is a low there. It's uh, it's described by the uh, by by the Hurricane Center as an elongated low north south. So it's not really all that organized, but we do see some turning. Uh, the problem here is that uh, from the standpoint of development, and we'll bring the the GFS back. I'm going to set it up for the uh, for the Atlantic, and I'm going to bring in bring up that. Uh, 700 to 400 millibar map that shows uh, relative humidity. And uh, the problem is that in the tropical Atlantic, we still have an issue uh, with a lot of dry air. And it's all indicated in the dark brown. Now, in the, the darker blue or aquamarine, dark aquamarine color, is that what we could call that? I guess you can. Yeah. Representing the intertropical convergence zone. I'm just going to roll it back to the current time. That's actually uh, 10 days from now. Um, <clears throat> we'll let it load. But there's a, look at all that dry air that's that's uh, north of the intertropical convergence zone. And yeah. that's that's a big problem. There's a, it, this, this low actually does try uh, to close off. But it just seems as if there's just too much dry air. Uh, around and uh, it, it, there's still some hint of it north and north and east of the leewards by the time we get to Saturday, uh, but it doesn't really do anything with it. Now let's hope that that's the case and we don't wind up with a situation like uh, like we just had uh, with uh, the uh, uh, with the with the with our tropical storm. Yes, uh, where it uh, seemed to develop in spite of the fact that conditions in the upper air were not all that favorable. This is a year where everything wants to spin up, so you have to be a little cautious. The GFS actually, that little blue patch that's north of Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands approaching on Sunday uh, is uh, still reflecting what's left of that tropical wave. And of course, as I said, you don't want it to, to you don't really want a tropical system to come out of this because uh, if, if the model's correct with showing some kind of troughing in the east, it does make it problematic. And in fact, if you look at that, if you follow that blue patch along that would represent the tropical wave, you see how it, it starts to turn northward and north-northeastward. It's offshore, but again, if there's a trough back there out to the west, and we don't exactly know how that trough is going to behave, you don't want a tropical system uh, to come no. out of this. No. No, we That's don't. Especially since a few people, like Dennis Cassia, for example, one of our uh, faithful viewers, just has recently gotten his power back. Oh, my. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of people in my area still that, uh, well, not maybe not a lot, but uh, maybe uh, a couple of hundred that are still waiting for their power to come back. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the last thing you want is to have your power finally coming back, and then a few days later, another system comes along to knock it all out again. Uh, yeah, no, you don't want that. No. And and by the way, once we get to, a, I, I I tend to think that unless you know unless there's a sh surprise from now for the next ten days, we're not going to see really very much. But I think after the twentieth or twenty first, that dry air disappears and you start to get some action uh, again. Those waves keep coming off the African coast. So I think toward this last ten days of the month uh, that we might wind up popping up a tropical storm or two. Uh, well, uh, maybe one in the tropical Atlantic and maybe another one somewhere else. But uh, but we're going to have to uh, just going to have to wait and see what happens and wait till uh, uh, wait, wait till uh, we get to the last 10 day, the 10 days of the month uh, before we um, bef 
before we start uh, having to deal with tropical systems again. Well, you know, the uh, I'm just looking here at the European Ensemble, and uh, by about oh, 228 or 240, that's 10 days from now. Right. If you want to believe, if you want to believe that, they have a nice dome of high pressure from Canada sitting over the northeastern United States with the heat very nicely suppressed down past uh, the Carolinas. So I'd love to believe that that's going to be the case. I'd love to put my hope that that is going to actually transpire. But again, that's 10 days from now. Right. And the models have had a tendency to, once you get past five days, to uh, change their minds. Or well, they've overplayed. They certainly have overplayed. Now, they kind of still have the overall flavor of the pattern remains the same. Uh, but they have overplayed, in some instances, they've overplayed the uh, troughs that they show bringing dry air into the eastern part of the United States, and they've underplayed the ones that have wa that have resulted in uh, either cloudy, rainy days or the two tropical storms that we had coming up uh, the eastern seaboard. Uh, so, uh, by the way, we forgot yesterday, shame on both of us, shame on both of us. We forgot yesterday to wish Lonnie Quinn a happy birthday. Oh, well, yes, it was his birthday. Now, yesterday. I would just tell Lonnie that uh, you can. this would be a perfect uh, way of extending your birthday to a two-day event. So uh, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. Not that we forgot, but that we wanted to extend it to a two-day event. Everybody was telling you happy birthday yesterday. But today, you and I, Joe and I are telling you happy birthday, which makes it extra special. <laughs> and I'm sure Lonnie appreciates that. <laughs> well, he and I are very close, so he probably will, will uh, shoot me a message. He actually did. He messaged me. Uh, he sent me. Uh, he, he posted a, a response to something I had put up and uh he was very nice. He said some very nice things, and I, and I really, I, I really appreciate it. Everybody's got not not everybody gets my dark sense of humor uh, because because that's how I am. Uh, well, he's, but, he, you know, he can't do Joe and Joe week during the week because he does a uh, he he records a newscast at seven o'clock that goes on the air at nine o'clock on WLNY out on Long Island. Uh, well, you know, he could get them to just push it back to eight o'clock. I mean, seriously. Well, we could move to 8 o'clock. No, that's not possible. Well. If <laughs> no, we can move it to 8. If, if Lonnie wants to, Lonnie has an open invitation, okay? Well, so, so many people have had open invitations. I know, I know, but they all have, apparently, they're all booked, you know, who's working for some, you know, network here and some local station there or whatever it is they're doing. We can't even get, we can't even get the old gang from Fios 1 to come on. I, you know, I put up, I put up invitations all the time and I don't, in all seriousness, you know, everybody's got lives to live, you know, and, 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 and we, you know, we totally get that. Um, although we can't possibly understand why you wouldn't want to come on, you know, you're, uh, but that's all right. Uh, but, 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 uh, a few people have asked me, why don't you get this guest? Can you get this person, that person, the other person? And it's very, it's actually you would think it would be easy, but having both Joe and I have spent all these years in television, it's not. It really isn't. Uh, trying to time something out. Everybody's on a different schedule. Uh, so, uh, you know, so trying to get somebody to guest is uh, kind of a hit and miss thing. So we try. Uh, every once in a while, we will succeed. And as you said, Joe, Lonnie's got an open invite. So all he has to do is let me know what's good for him and we'll put him on. Well, you could put him on in the, on Sunday mornings. 
Well, we could you do that. Well, I mean, he could have, you know, he could have his coffee in the barn uh, with, uh, <laughs> you know, with a stack of with the with a stack of pancakes and whatever it is they have. He could take he show us how he takes the, the eggs away from the chickens out from the barn and maybe right. make and maybe make a fresh omelet right in front of us if the chickens don't, don't mind. I don't even know whether or not Lonnie. Uh, I'm presuming has power, but as you were aware, uh, they had a tornado in the vicinity. Yes, we we mentioned it on Sunday. It was a confirmed tornado in uh, in Southwest Connecticut near Westport. I want to see. You know, a lot of people other were making uh, note of on the chat board yesterday was the earthquake in North Carolina. Yes, uh, in Western North Carolina, five point one. Well, North Carolina, uh, they they uh, they had a a tropical storm. Well, they had a hurricane an earthquake, and of course the ongoing pandemic, and there was something else that happened, all in one week. Right. Just the whole thing, all in one week. I mean, it's just got to be crazy. I want to see if I can get, if you can see this. But I've been kind of glancing to my side because uh, I don't think it's going to work. Let's see. No, it's not going to work. No. It won't. It, for some reason, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I appreciate that, Scott. Scott Briller there is, uh, hitting Super Chats and also on a Super Chat uh, note saying, Joe Rayo, 38 to 1,000. Please help him get there. Yeah, we're, we're making it slowly up the ladder, Scott. And I think uh, the uh, uh, primer that I put up today on the uh, Perseid meteor shower. And by the way, folks, if you're going to be looking for shooting stars, I would str strongly urge you to try to do it tonight, even though the peak night is tomorrow night. The more I'm looking at these maps, the more I'm thinking, Joe, that we're probably going to have a lot of mid and high level cloud interference tomorrow night, whereas tonight, I think we'll actually have some partly cloudy to clear uh, conditions. So you'd probably be better trying to see uh, uh, shooting stars tonight as opposed to tomorrow night, because uh, tomorrow night, again, uh, the weather may not be quite so, uh, so good for uh, viewing the sky and viewing the stars. Right there. But I'm watching. You can't. I can't. It's very, very tiny. Okay. I have a spider that has dropped a a strand of silk down from the ceiling, and I, with my finger, he's respond. She's responding to my finger by now walking up the strand and getting out. I, I wish I could have gotten it on the camera. Okay. She's back up on the ceiling because she sees. She's she's going up the strand. Okay. Good. It's better than a stink bug. Oh God! They're yes, all over, they're all over the place. Uh, but, oh, they uh, certainly are. Uh, eh. have you ever seen, and have you ever seen a wood spider? I think where I live here in Putnam County, we're the capital of spiders. I love I mean, spiders. I'm talking about spiders. I'm not talking about daddy long legs. I'm talking about scary no looking scary spiders. looking spiders. Yeah, I have one that built. Uh, I don't know what kind it is. It's a pretty. It's a fairly large one. Built a web uh, on my. Uh, the sliding glass doors that go out to the backyard and I walked into it uh, yes yeah. I walked into it uh, uh, yesterday she was not happy uh, and she had to build it all from scratch so she hid in the frame of the door all day and then last night she rebuilt the web in the same spot so I'm being I was very cautious today going in and out because I didn't want to knock it knock it uh, knock it out but if you ever want to see, you want to see um, a, a really fascinating spider, spider, uh, go on YouTube and Google um, Planet Earth, the Porsche spider, like like the car. The Porsche. The spider? Porsche spider. 
Okay. Uh, it's a jumping. It is a. It is a jumping spider. Oh and, God! And it is well. You have David Attenborough, and the you know the writing and the music is just fascinating. This spider is 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 really amazing, amazing. They uh, uh, apparently it's able to well. First of all, it can jump fifty times its its length, so it can jump as as much as four feet. It also it's a spider that feeds on other spiders. So it has, it's able to, um, it's able to map out with its eyesight. It's able to map out in, in, uh, in, in all dimensions when, when it sees its prey, when it's about to attack. And the spider also is a genius. She can actually craft a plan to, uh, to get the spider because all spiders, different spiders have different. Uh, ways you know some of them are on webs some of them have layers and it, it was just amazing watching this spider and how she how she gets her prey and even more amazing is how uh the male attracts the female because he knows he's going to be lunch if uh oh are we talking about some like praying mantises know about this well praying mantises yeah well they they that, that's a, that that that's a that's a pretty well-known thing after sex and before I kill you, I could use help with some shelves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Scott Briller hitting Super Chat tonight. That's a big thank you to you, sir. And uh, a big hello to your mom, uh, who's um, still trying to figure out whether she's going to do the knee surgery or not. Uh, I will just tell you, and you can tell her, my mom had both knees uh, done one at a time, but, but uh, the the first one I think was done about four years ago. The other one was done two years ago. And it's amazing how different it is because when she had her second one done, she was out of, it was in and out of the, in and out of the hospital the same day. So as soon as they get you out of the operating room, you go straight to rehab. So there's no long hospital stay, nothing like that. And uh, she got, you know, it took her about a month to get, get through it. Now she's, you know, She's she's 86 years old. She just had a birthday, so she's not running the hundred yard dash, but she's getting around. So if there's a if that's a recommendation to get it, I mean that's just I'm telling you what my my mom's uh, experience is, and she does watch this show, by the way, uh, Scott's mom. My mother doesn't watch this show. <laughs> your mother's still wondering. Your mother's still wondering why she can't see you on Fios One. <laughs> She never did get. She never did get that figured. I tried to explain it to her, and you know, she never did quite grasp the concept. Right. So, right. Well, you know what? She's eighty-six. She's uh, God bless her. So uh, I'm not going to fault her for that. So uh, let's uh, let's see. Joe Rayo, I have a question from uh, Johnny Quest. Is it true that later this month Jupiter, Saturn, and the Moon form a triangle? Yes. They will be uh, together uh, uh, later. And you can't miss Jupiter and Saturn now. You step outside, let's say, around 9 or 10 o'clock and look toward the south and east, you'll see this one big, bright, silvery star. And off to the left of that is a not-quite-as-bright star. It's, it's almost as if Jupiter were the captain and Saturn, being a bit further away and not-quite-as-bright, is the lieutenant. And uh, they're, they're fairly spread apart right now, Joe, but... What's going to be interesting is that on December 21st, the first day of winter, by the way, the winter solstice, these two planets are going to come so close together, 
In fact, they're going to be uh, only six arc minutes apart. That is one fifth the diameter of the full moon. And I would suspect that if you are nearsighted, uh, all you need to do is to take your glasses off and you'll see both of them as one single entity uh, in the sky. So right now they're you know, spread apart. They're gonna get closer as we go through the next uh, few months together. And yeah, at the end of this month, the moon, which will be passed uh, not quite full, will be in the same area of the sky and uh, will make for not really a dramatic, but, a, but an eye-catching sight in our uh, evening sky. Uh, and then later this year, and how many of you have gotten this ridiculous, absolutely atrociously ridiculous hoax or email, or maybe somebody's posted it on your <laughs> Facebook page about the planet Mars, about the fact that Mars on August 27th is gonna come so close to the earth that it's gonna look like another full moon in the sky. This has been running, going on over and over every summer since uh, 2003. It is, a, it is fake, it is a hoax, fake news. Uh, it is not gonna happen. Fake astronomy. But fake, bad astronomy. Bad astronomy. But, but I will tell you that in October, uh, in early October, Mars will be rather close to the Earth, about 38 million miles, which is pretty close for Mars. And when you go outside in, on October evenings and look out toward the east, you will see this thing that looks like a gigantic amber or ginger ale colored type star mm -hmm. shining with a steady light, kind of a yellowish orange tinge. And that will be the planet Mars. It will not be as large as the full moon, but it certainly is going to catch your attention because it's going to get so very, very bright. And back, I'll tell you how bright it's going to be. Go outside any night this week and look for Jupiter in the in the sky, that bright, silvery, white star-like object. Look at Jupiter now. Mars in October will be even brighter than that. And the difference between Jupiter and Mars, aside from the brightness, will be the fact that Jupiter is silvery white. Mars, again, will have that amber or yellowish orange tinge to it. So All right, something so what, to look forward to. What's a good time for the Perseids to, to be out? Best time would be after 10 o'clock. Uh, that's when Perseus, the constellation Perseus, climbs, begins to climb the northeastern sky. And if you could stay out until the first light of dawn, by, by 4 or 5 a.m., Perseus is all the way up here. So if you're going to be looking for meteors, the best piece of equipment I would suggest is to get out one of those long lounge chairs, which you might use to get a suntan during the uh, summertime at the beach or on your patio. That is a perfect thing to use for looking for shooting stars because you'll be lying back like this all night. If you stand outside all night and keep looking up like this for meteors, I guarantee you that tomorrow morning you're going to have a sore, a sore neck or, or shoulder. That's, that's, that's not what you want to want to get. Uh, so break out the lawn chair either tonight or tomorrow night. Or again, tomorrow night, I think, the weather may not be as, as good as what we may have tonight. And uh, check out that sky. We have a moon. We have a half moon that will kind of squelch the light of some of the fainter meteors. But uh, uh, the brighter meteors should still be visible. And, and try, uh, to get, try to get away from street lights. Try to get away from street lights and try to get away from places that have uh, a lot of obstruction to visibility, like tall buildings and tall trees. And it's always nice, Joe, to shower with a friend. If you're looking for a meteor shower, you might want to do it with some friends and, uh, uh, you know, while away some time. When yeah, but those meteors hurt when they hit you. <laughs> well, they don't, obviously, you know, for anybody who is concerned about that, these things are uh, the size of dust grains and pebbles, 
with the consistency of cigar ash. They enter our atmosphere. Oh, I could relate to that. Yeah, I, I know. you. Who knows better about cigar ash than you? 70 miles above our heads. A second later, they're consumed at about 40 miles, so there's no chance of getting hit by one of these. There are, however, two dangers in watching the Perseid meteor shower, and those two dangers are, if you're out long enough, getting drenched with dew and falling asleep. Okay. And, you know, we mentioned about scams earlier with uh, Facebook and emails. You always know who's on, who, who doesn't spend, who spends not that much time on Facebook uh, when they start resharing these scam cut and paste posts that have been, that have been going on for years. And they just seem to get resurrected during times of, uh, of, of trouble uh, when uh, I guess people are looking at, at, at social media a lot or let's say looking at it more than they usually are. So, you know, there's the one going around again for the umpteenth time that if you cut and paste it, it you'll you'll uh, you'll uh, reset Facebook's algorithm so that you'll see all these posts that uh, from people that you haven't seen posts from because you think they blocked them, that you blocked them. Um, right. It's, you know, it, it, it's amazing. It's a scam. It's, 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 it's All that stuff is a scam. And by yeah. the way, I would recommend the policy that I have when it comes to blocking people on Facebook. I do it on their birthdays. So if you're, birth, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook and you passed your birthday, you're safe and, and you're still, you're, you can still see me, you're safe. If your birthday approaches, well, um, you, might, you may be on the list. I don't know. I, I got to refresh my list in a little while. Joe, you're still on there, so you just had a birthday, so I didn't block you on your birthday. Oh, so you're you. good for another year. You didn't block Lonnie, did you? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> There are a few people that I, I would love to block, but their birthdays aren't, you know, they aren't, they aren't anytime soon. So should they have another one, then, yeah, I'll block them. Okay. Uh, anyhow, um, so let's do a little Brilliant with Jeopardy. All right, you ready? Yes. Now, we're going to use prices Right rules for this one, okay, for this first question. The Philippines are made up of how many islands? We know the main island, which is where Manila is, right? Mm -hmm. the, and I, I don't even know what the name of the main island is. And I know that there are other smaller islands. Uh, I'll say 16. There are 7,100. Uh, okay, so uh, you, you're the equivalent of the person who bid, you know, $100,000 for two motorcycles. The motorcycle. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you bet the dollar. Oh, the uh, spider kind of went across this way now. All right. Uh, the uh, second question is, what is the only continent to sit in all four hemispheres? The only continent to sit in all four hemispheres? Mm -hmm. well, I know we have the Eastern Hemisphere, the Western Hemisphere, the Northern and the Southern Hemisphere. And there's only one continent that... One continent sits in all four. Well, parts of one continent are... You know, in each I hemisphere. Guess, I guess <clears throat> with the Bering with the Bering Strait with the Aleutians, Alaska, that would maybe qualify as the eastern hemisphere. But not the not southern the hemisphere. Northern hemisphere. Yeah. Well And Alaska's not a continent. Well I'm what I'm saying is that it's part of North America. Right. So it's the only continent. It's the only continent to sit where where it, it it sits it sits in all four. I don't know. Africa. Africa? Yeah. 
Half of it is, you know, well, well part of it's north of the equator, part of it's south. And right. the zero line runs right through eastern Africa. Right. That's right. Zero, zero island, Colonel Bleep. <laughs> okay. That's and right. what is the major city that's resting on two continents? On two continents? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Istanbul. What? Istanbul. Istanbul? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'll have to look at my... Well, because Turkey, Turkey is Asia and Greece is Europe, and it's I'll like have... right there kind of in both. I'll have to look at my Funkin' Wagnall's Atlas and check, check up on this. Yeah. We did not get to all of the Gorilla Jeopardy questions yesterday, so I will... Give them to you now. Okay. We went through the three sitcoms that ended their run as number one show. Um, question two: Only five shows led the year-end ratings. Did, it, did, we, did we do this? Only yes. Uh, only five shows led the year. Yes. In the fifty. All right. So. Um, bu, 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 bu. Um, did we do this? I don't know if we did this. Go ahead. We'll do it again. Let's see. I'll tell you if we did. Only uh, question two is only five TV shows led the year-end ratings in the 1950s, name the five shows. Five shows that were num that led the what? Say that again. Uh, led the year-end ratings in the 1950s. Only five shows. Right. Okay, so we know I Love Lucy was one of them. Right. They, the, But the phrase of your question is they ended the year-end ratings at number one. Right. All right, so, God... I don't remember what was number one in 1950 or 51. Uh, I Love Lucy is pretty much from 52 to 57, so that takes care of those. I'm going to give you, I'll give you one hint. During the 1950s, he uh, controlled 12% of uh, the, the amount of money that was coming into this particular um, television network. He was, in other words, he was the Howard Stern of the 1950s. Hmm. Bob Hope? And nobody remembers him today, surprisingly. No. Really? It was well, I mean, I, the only, I could, well, I'm, I'm, I know that Danny Thomas was uh, part of Desi Lu, but, but, but that, no. you know, I mean, his show was produced I'll, at Desi Lu and, and went on afterward. I'll do, a, I'll do a very bad imitation, and maybe uh, you'll get it. How are you? How are you? How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Not Jimmy Durante. At one point, he had like five shows on on television, and one of them was simulcast on radio. Uh, and he and and he and Julius LaRosa were not very good friends. Oh, oh, um, oh, good God, Arthur Godfrey. Arthur Godfrey. Arthur Godfrey. Yes. Arthur, Arthur Godfrey's talent scouts. I think he actually discovered a few people like Pat Boone uh, were was on that show. So that was one of those. So you have I Love Lucy and Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts, but you have a strike one there. All right. Well, give me another hint for the other three. Um, this one was spot. This show was sponsored by a well-known gas company. Texaco. Texaco. Texaco Star Theater. Okay. Um, and uh, this show for a long time was considered to be the the great granddaddy of all shows in terms of longevity, but now. Uh, shows like Saturday Night Live have left, and The Simpsons have left it in the, in its dust. But it was on for something like 23 seasons. 
and was always considered to be the main. Uh, it was a mainstay on Monday nights. From the in the fifties. In the fifties. And then yeah. continued into the seventies. Right. Well, I don't, I don't know if it continued to continue the seventies. I think it did. Yeah. I mean, I, the Ed Sullivan show was one that ran through all of that, but I don't know if if it finished the year at number one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I on don't the radio, know. On the radio version, uh, the uh, the star of the show would say, uh, I'm the first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it also leaves you to be very watchful and a little lonely. Gunsmoke. Oh, Gunsmoke. I was never a fan of Gunsmoke. I know it's on MeTV, but I never really cared for it. I love Gunsmoke on the on old-time radio. You know, it was actually, there was a crossover. They they had a radio version and, a tele, and, of course, the TV version. But the radio version, the guy who played Gunsmoke could never be Matt, Dino, Matt Dillon. He had a wonderful radio voice, but he simply could not. It was five foot two. <laughs> it was, it was uh, William Conrad. Oh, well, he went on to he went on to do Rocky and Bullwinkle, so you know we're okay with Bill Conrad right. and also and also Cannon, Cannon. yeah, Cannon and Jake and the Fat Man, right? But he just it just wouldn't have worked out to be Matt Dillon. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, so what is there's one more? So is Lucy Gunsmoke, and there's one more. That's correct. I'll give you another hint. It's a game show. It's a game show, right? Uh. Like the, something like the $99,000 answer. Correct. Yeah. Although right. it was not the ninety-nine. No, it wasn't called the 99000 That was the parody of the the, the, the movie, the uh, movie quiz show. In fact, I think the host of this show actually made some appearances on I Love Lucy. Possibly. I forgot. Uh, what's the What was the amount of money that it was called? If I give you that, then you... No, I don't remember, Joe. 64000 The $64,000 question, yes. Right, yes. right. Yeah, that was, you know, they had the big scandal. Right. Actually, it started, it didn't start with $64,000 question. It started with a show called Dotto, spread to another show called 21, and then later on it spread to, do you know that Patty Duke was on the 64, no, wait a minute. I don't know if she was on the on 21 or the $64,000 question. I think she was on the $64,000 question, and they told her to lie that, uh, she she uh, she was a spelling uh, champion, and um, they they brought her up to Congress, I think, uh, the, the, to to find out whether or not she was among those who cheated on the show. She was taught to lie by somebody. Um, um, I forget who who told her to lie and how taught her how to her act handlers and tell the truth or whatever. Right. And then uh, then a, a, a an avuncular senator said, now, Patty, is everything that you told us today the absolute truth? And Patty Duke broke down and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they put her back on the stand and found out everything. So, Oh, good Lord. Uh, but there is a third question. The question three was, what was the highest rated I Love Lucy? Well, this is so easy, Scott. Birth of what was the Ricky. highest rated I Love Lucy episode? The hospital episode. The hospital episode, yes. Lucy Thank goes you. to the hospital. Right. Exactly. Hello, Dr. Harris. We're leaving for the hospital with Mrs. Ricardo Ricky, now. This Goodbye. Is this is it, Ricky. Right. No, Ricky, this is it. This is it. The time has come. <laughs> Speaking of the time uh, has come, our time has come, and it's time for us to go. Yes. 
Uh, but I want to remind everybody that this show is available as a podcast and will be in about an hour. So uh, if you are tuning in late or if you prefer to hear the podcast version because you can't sit down and watch the video, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and in all sorts of podcast places on the Internet. Uh, you can find us anywhere. So be sure to uh, do that. You know, Joe, I just saw on the chat board my wife. She says, oh, oh, OMG, my husband sure knows how to drag things out, doesn't he? <laughs> She'd make a great agent. We're, we're going to have some pillow talk tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I'd be a, the, where's that be a spider on the wall for that one? By the way, somebody, a few people asked me, no, I never kill spiders. Spiders uh, take care of all the stray insects that I can't stand. So, uh, no, and I don't, uh, if I find one in the house that needs to go out, I very carefully get a piece of paper, lift it, and then place it someplace outside so that it can go on its merry way. Spiders uh, uh, have, a, uh, have a great function uh, in cleaning up the insect mess that, uh, that's out there. So, anyhow, and it's lightning bug season, too. Fireflies. Right. Uh, yeah, any day out, they uh, they start flashing so to to, to attract mates. <laughs> and if they get stuck in spider webs, you see them. They're like lanterns because they actually that they they flash their bioluminescence even while they're even while they're de dying or ha have already passed on to the next world as they're wrapped in silk. <laughs> All right. So since Mrs. Rayo has decided that we need to go, um, we need to go. We have a we have a hard break to hit at 8 o'clock. So okay. everybody have a great night. Thanks for being here, Scott. Thanks for hitting Super Chat as always. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the Joe and Joe Weather Show.